Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the NFL Universe. We are joined by the whole crew today. Uh, I guess we'll start. We're joined by Matt. What's up? Max. Hello, everyone. And Alec. Hey, guys. And to start the podcast, we didn't cover these two head coach hirings before uh, last week's po- last Wednesday's podcast. Just wanted to make sure we go over them. Uh, first head coach hiring was Brandon Staley, who was formerly the defensive coordinator of the Rams. Um, I don't know much about him other than he's obviously young, 38 years old, and, you know, put together a, a nice Rams defense. So, uh, you know, he definitely has potential on that line. But other than that, I honestly don't know much about him. I guess we could start with Matt. What do you what do you think about this? I think it's a pretty good hire based on what I know about him, but I uh, don't yeah. know much more than that. Yeah, I mean, like the Chargers problems were like, you know, closing out late games. I mean, like, and if you bring in a coach that improved on an already successful defense from last year, I feel like what could go wrong. I mean, like this seems like a really good hire for them because if he was able to get all that use out of, obviously it's Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, a lot of people could get use out of those guys, but you know, having Joey Bosa and having other players on that defense where you just have to get it to like league average. I know they were like not very good last year. So if you can just get it to like above league average, like you should have a Chargers team that's winning a lot more games. Cause honestly what's played the Chargers is not closing out these games. So Hopefully, like, a better defense can um, fix that, though. But I, I'm just curious to see. I don't know if anybody heard anything about him actually keeping um, Pep Hamilton on his staff. I don't know if that if that's going to happen or not. I've been a big Pep Hamilton fan ever since, like, he really did all this stuff with Justin Herbert. But uh, I heard he's interviewing for the Steelers' OC job, so I don't, I don't really know what he's up to, though. But um. Yeah, I mean – Pretty much, I think I've said this about the Chargers hire. I don't know if it was on here or the um, main podcast, but I pretty much just said all the time, I don't think the Chargers really need someone who's a true, you know, genius on either side of the football necessarily. I think they need a guy who really knows how to just close out games. You know, that was their biggest downfall under Anthony Lynn. They just couldn't close out games whatsoever. And if they get a guy who can help them do that, I think that they're in a um, they're in good shape, but we'll just have to see. I don't really know much about the high, the guy, so I'm not really going to say much till I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Max. I don't know much about him, but on paper, this is a good Rams defense. So we have a prolific Chargers offense. What did they need work in their defense? On paper, the hire looks very nice. When we just have to see from there. They have talent, like you said, Matt, like we're going to get Joey Bosa back and we're going to see what they're able to do on paper. The Chargers really should be next year with second year of Justin Herbert, maybe a nine and seven team. And they certainly shouldn't be as bad and blowing close games like they did this year. That was, that's been the story of the Chargers for a few years now. So we really need to see this team closing out games and performing and hopefully with this hire, they could get that done. For sure. So I guess moving on to the next head coaching hire, we had Dan Campbell. I uh, was hired by the Lions. I know a little bit more about Dan Campbell. Uh, I know he's been a, a specials. I don't know if he was a tight end coach for the Saints for the past five years, yeah. but I specifically remember him uh, from the interim head coaching spot he had with the Dolphins. And, you know, I liked his energy with the Dolphins. So I think this hiring has some potential. <clears throat> However, if you guys saw Dan Campbell's introductory press conference, uh, it had this really weird comment about biting people's kneecaps. Uh, it, it's kind of like I've seen posts where he's like the Walmart version of uh, Joe Judge. You know, it kind of it's kind of the opposite of Matt Patricia. That's kind of what I see this hiring as, where Matt Patricia, right, came from the Patriots, supposed to be a really good X's and O's guys on defense, especially. Um, 
And you have Dan Campbell, who's more of a, you know, leader of men, more of a motivator type of head coach. Um, and depending on, you know, the infrastructure they could build around him, I think he has potential. Um, probably not my favorite head coach to be hired, but again, I think he has potential. If he, if he can be the motivator and you put the right staff around him, I think there's potential there. Again, I think it's kind of the Lions going in the opposite direction of Matt Patricia. Uh, with that being said, I still think Lions ownership is really uh, the root of their problems, you know, when it all comes down to it. But uh, definitely, my opinion, kind of a move away from Matt Patricia, Matt. Yeah, I was like that, that rant was like got really awkward halfway through when I was listening to it because it was just kind of like if he's talking about kneecaps and he gets back up and then bites another knee, kneecap and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like that's the end of your rant, right? But then he keeps going on about how he's going to keep standing up and keep taking other kneecaps down and I'm just like, dude, like like it's like a long rant. Like what are you like what's the whole point here? Like I get to try to act tough, but you know, words only go so far. I mean, like and a tough football team is not really going to make you win games. It's more of the Xs and Os. So, I mean, it, I mean, like, sure, obviously toughness is a part of it, right? But, like, if you're just tough and nothing else, like, you're not really going to get much done. You're just going to really injure people. So um, I hope he gets good coordinators around him. I, I'm not really sure who he's been looking at for his job. But, yeah, he's definitely, like, more of a um, – more of a what's, – what's the word for it? I guess more of just, like, a hype hype man kind of, you know, just kind of trying to get his team, like, ready for games, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, like, if his coordinators get around him, maybe they could succeed there. It's just going to be really tough because – I still have the Packers over the Lions. I still have the Vikings over the Lions. You know, I'm not really sure, like, if they can get really higher than third. So, we'll see. Yeah, I personally didn't even watch a press conference. I really didn't even know about what you guys are talking about. You know, I, over <laughs> the years, I personally i have stopped watching press conferences. I really don't care what goes on there because, honestly, actions and what you achieve on the field speaks louder than anything. I really – I remember a couple of years ago whenever I, I was watching – you know, Jeremy Pruitt for the Ten- University of Tennessee, his press conference, I thought he did really well. Then his coaching tenure turned out to be terrible, and he was fired this past week. So I'm, I don't really care what coaches say in the press conference. I don't even listen to my team's press conferences. You know, I just, again, I just care what you do on the field. And, you know, honestly, you know, this is a hire that kind of came out of left field. No one really, I feel like not a lot of people knew who this guy was. I didn't know who he was, but I kind of imagine this being similar to you know, Brian Flores or Joe Judge kind of guy. I don't know. That's obviously way too early to say that. But, you know, those kind of same ideas, hires that kind of came out of nowhere. But you got guys who are not necessarily the, you know, the most, you know, sound at either side of the football. They, they just know how to win. So hopefully for the Lions' sake, that's what this hire is. And I, I, definitely, I definitely could see it that way. So, Guys, I have the privilege of working with this kid from Detroit. So I got to talk to him right as soon as the guy got hired and i was like what did you think of that speech like obviously i'm with you max like who cares about a speech to begin with we need to see if you could win uh but there was that moment in the speech where he said we're gonna embody detroit and he was like yeah that that's exactly right he is embodying detroit they need to embody the feeling of the city and i was like all right i guess that works for them like an outsider's perspective it seemed bizarre but you know these are hardworking guys that each year the team is, you know, underperforming to awful every single year. And it never looks like there's a good outlook. And like you said, Nick, a change of ownership would be nice because they're long overdue for it. Hopefully with this new hiring, they could get a huge upgrade in terms of 
like the presence that they bring on both sides of the football field. It's a talented roster, right? Obviously we know that Kenny Galladay is coming to the giants, but besides that, we know that they have DeAndre Swift still, they've got Marvin Jones, carry on Johnson and on both sides of the football, they've, they've shown flashes of promise. Can they put it all together now? Who knows? Hopefully with this hire, they're able to, you know, figure everything out. 100%. And uh, going to this last hire, uh, Nick Sirianni for the Eagles, who was the offensive coordinator under Reich for the past, I think, three years, was it? Um, you know, interesting to me because obviously Reich worked with Wentz as, and, you know, is Sirianni going to stick with Wentz in this upcoming season? That's my question with Sirianni. Obviously a pretty good offensive coordinator. is able to do good with the Colts, but you're uh, still young. And I think that as, for a lot of the hires we've seen so far, a lot of young guys have been hired. So, you know, our teams moving towards younger coaches. Is that really the, the way the league is going? You still have people like uh, Dabble from uh, the Bills uh, still on the board. You have the enemy from Chiefs still on the board. Uh, guys just have not been hired. Older guys with, I guess, a little bit more experience. But, um, again, a lot of a lot of young hirings because Sirianni's 39. Again, we've seen, like, mid-30s is kind of, like, a really po- becoming a really popular range as a – head coach higher in the NFL. So I just think that's interesting, that trend. Uh, Matt? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you guys can correct me on this, but did he even, like, call plays Nick Sirianni for the Colts? I thought Frank Wright did. I thought he was just kind of like a play caller and name, kind of how Eric Bieniemy is, which, again, like, I'm not sure which which side you guys fall on as, on the Eric Bieniemy thing. Um, I just think this is kind of, obviously, coaches want to try somebody without a rap sheet. I know that it's unfair to hold against them, but I think that's kind of like just how how – owners react but um the point i'm trying to make though is that uh, i don't think he actually nick serrani actually recalled any plays so i'm just really curious to see like how he works out if he's going to be calling plays or if not for the first time in philadelphia because i honestly think that carson wentz is fixable you know like i don't consider myself a tape master but i've, I've watched a little bit of it myself i've watched you know some videos of other people critiquing him and it seems like it's something to do with his footwork that could at least be fixed with a certain amount of time. I'm just curious if somebody who hasn't even called any plays is really the guy to be able to fix it, like as an offensive mind. So um, we'll see. I'm more curious who they bring in as a QB coach to see if Philly's really going to take a step back in the right direction. So I honestly don't know if, if he was the one who called the plays, it could have been right. Could have been him. I really do not know. But one thing I think is for sure about this, this, this hire is the fact that it honestly could be like a fresh start under, for Carson Wentz, if they decide to keep him, I personally don't know if it's anything to do with his footwork or any part of his technique or whatever. I think the big story is his confidence. His confidence has been completely shot, and it, we saw that over the year. You know, I don't know how a guy goes from being so good, like MVP caliber, to just being as bad as he is. And I think I saw in the game versus the Seahawks, he just threw an interception to where it looked like. I, I think it was Quandre Diggs or whoever it was who picked off the ball looked like the intended receiver on the play. It seemed like it seemed like just once had completely lost it. And I like this hire from the point of, you know, Reich, Reich was a part of the Eagles staff when they won a Super Bowl and getting a guy he knows and who they ran a pretty good team in Indianapolis. I honestly think they overachieved with the with the weapons they had on offense. I don't think Phil Rivers is that good. I think they did what they could with them and they did well. So hopefully this works out for the Eagles as a fresh start. I think that's more important than anything personally. Yeah, I completely agree. I also don't 
have completely lost my face, my faith, <laughs> my faith in uh, Carson Wentz because, like, like you guys said, I always like a little change of scenery here and there. So if we could get a change with coaching and see what could happen with him, guy was an MVP candidate a few years ago, and now is fighting for a job. I want to see him battle it out in the preseason. I want to see who the new QB coach is because I've been completely lost lost my faith with him and I really want to know if it is just fully confidence and if that's the case maybe a hype men type of guy could help Carson get that confidence back we know how weak the division is so if they could get him back on track all of a sudden this team even this year because of how bad the division is was kind of in the race till like the last game of throwing that game in terms of being a candidate to win the division I don't mind the hire, right? We have to wait and see based on his play calling. That's a big concern. But I'm excited to see what could happen because I know that the team is incredibly talented. I think that um, just as point of just want to point this out. I think that maybe it's not crazy to think that because some people thought I was crazy before, and I don't think it's crazy to think that they draft a quarterback at where they were at six. I know that like it's not likely, but realistically, right? Like go through their roster. They have Nate Sudfield's gone like for sure Jalen Hurts is like has looked good at sometimes but it's, has looked so goddamn in- inconsistent which was the same problem with Carson Wentz where he looked really inconsistent so um I mean if you if Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz one of them has to go because you're not going to have that guy breathing down Carson's neck or Carson Wentz sitting on the bench so one of them is gone so they're gonna have to address the quarterback situation after that where it's like okay like are we gonna do can we fix Carson or do we just clear the entire quarterback room and we just try to do something else with a new quarterback coming in into 2021. I, I don't think it's a crazy idea because, um, you know, the rookie contracts are so good for teams in order to compete. And if you're trying to tear down a roster, you might want to get like one of those new quarterbacks, you know, for, for the next year. I don't know what you guys think, but. I definitely think they should stick with, with Hertz, my opinion. Um, you know, maybe give one a shot, but, you know, I think between two of them, you have to figure out who you're going to go with. And then go from there. If you want to stick with Hurts, give him give him a you know a, a good year, see what he can do. I think he showed enough potential last year that he kind of earned himself a year. Um, I'm not sure if quarterback's the right move because they, they do have so many holes in that roster, uh, as well as you know veterans getting ready to get on and leave. So it's you know it's it's a tough rebuild for the Eagles right now. They have a long road ahead of them. I personally, I honestly wouldn't say it's a bad move either way. I personally would lean towards just taking an another some other guys in the draft because you know i think with what they're doing with their coaching staff i think they're doing what they can to not get rid of carson Wentz. i really don't think they want to give up on him and you know and say they just do give him this next year and they try to build a better team around him well then you if you draft a quarterback one or two years later and you have that team around him it's so much easier to fit him in and and make his life so much easier for the new quarterback so i i I do think that you know just not taking quarterback this year is the right choice. I mean, the other thing that I was thinking of is that we've talked about Gardner Minshew going to the Patriots. What if Carson Wentz was the guy that the Patriots were looking at? I would be incredibly interested in that. And because I agree with you, Nick, obviously Jalen Hurts deserves to play, right? And he deserves to compete and in terms of Wentz and me not losing faith, I think other people around the league are looking at this from a situation of we could get him at such a cheap price right now. 
And this would just be a classic Belichick move. So that's something I'm interested in seeing if someone like the Patriots pulled the trigger on him right now. Very good point. Very good point. Because again, once you can't get his pass right. And I feel like with the right coaching staff, he could get back there. Um, it's definitely possible. And I think the Patriots are moving into position where if they've had a quarterback already, like a Carson Wentz, and were able to coach him into the right position where he could be a winning quarterback again. You know, they, I think they're at 15 right now in the draft. If you could take a guy like Pitts, if he's available there, you know, depending on who you have available, but, um, you know, give him a weapon. There's a lot of potential there. And again, as you said, Alec, if they can get him for cheap, it's kind of a no-brainer. I just don't know how it works with their cap, though, because I know their cap's pretty strapped as it is right now. So Also um, true. I'm, I'm not sure like, how that works. Yeah, no, I'm just curious because, like, I know the Carson Wentz has, like, a monster contract, which is why I think if Philly does move him, I think they're going to have to, like, put a pick with him because I just – I don't know which team would want to take that on. Mm-hmm. You move, like, Wentz in a pick. Yeah. And then I guess the Patriots would move some of their talent over – I feel like anybody on the Patriots is essentially expendable at this point. Um, so you, you move some of that uh, cash base because I think one of the Corys get paid a lot recently. Um, I forget if they, they extend Gilmore recently too. Yeah, I think honestly the only people that aren't touchable are like what, like Gilmore and or maybe honestly maybe even Gilmore. I don't know how he's been playing, but exactly, Gilmore yeah. and and like maybe like Jacoby Myers, who's been like the only person in the offense to actually do anything. So. Mm-hmm. So I guess with that being said, um, going into the conference championship, the big games are here. We're almost the Super Bowl. Um, going right into it, first game we have on Sunday, which is going to be the 24th of January at 3.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have the Buccaneers versus the Packers. Uh, currently, the Packers are favored at negative three and a half via FanDuel. And honestly, looking at this game, I think the Packers are going to win. Uh, you know, I think the Packers are, are too in sync right now for the Buccaneers to compete. But the Buccaneers to to win, they would need a performance like last week out of the out of the defense again. I don't, I just don't think it's possible against this Packers team. Um, one that a game like that is really hard to repeat, especially back to back. But then on top of that, you have the Packers who are again in sync. Uh, the the entire offense just performs so well, and, and Aaron Rodgers obviously is probably the MVP. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat on that end. And then on offense, right? We saw the Buccaneers relatively struggle last week. You know, they weren't awful, but uh, definitely didn't. I don't think they succeeded. Uh, too greatly, and they now have lost Antonio Brown going into this game. Um, I feel it's due to an E injury, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be tough without him because he's been a, a big part of this offense later into the season. Um, you know, he's been getting a lot of yards, and it's going to be a big loss, especially when you're going against the Packers, who were probably the best team in the NFC. Um, they probably are for the best team in the NFC on paper, so uh, to me, I think it's a no-brainer. Packers are going to win. The negative three-and-a-half spread, I'd probably take. I think the Packers can probably win this one by a touchdown, maybe even more if they're on all cylinders and the Buccaneers' defense doesn't show up as, as heavily as they need to. Uh, so I might take that spread, but I think Packers are taking it either way. Matt? Yeah, um, I know Antonio Brown's out, but I think Buccaneers fans are going to be really happy when they saw that Vita Vea is actually back in the lineup. I know that he hasn't played in a long time, but... I saw some some Bucks chatter online, and it seemed like they were honestly would take that deal. Where if you lose Antonio Brown, but you get Vita Vey back, I mean, it's a boost to their defense that needs to find a way to stop Rodgers and get Rodgers on the ground. So, for what it's worth, I, I think it's maybe because I've been watching too much football. I had like some vivid dream last night where Vita Vey got a sack on Aaron Rodgers. So maybe I'm just like I don't know. Maybe I'm just like off of something. My meds are making me go crazy, but. Um, I think that honestly, like this is like going to be a pretty big deal for this team, especially with David Bakhtiari out um, and having Vita Vey now in. 
It's going to make that defensive line, the offensive line battle even more important. And I really don't think it's as one side as you think it is. I mean, Tom Brady's been playing fantastic the last few weeks. I mean, like, or even honestly, like ever since the bye week, he's just been kind of doing well. Um, I know you don't put much, I know you don't put much like say into those previous games, you know, when the Bucks destroyed the Packers early in the season and then the Saints did the same to the Bucks later on. I know there's like not much to talk about because I was way farther back, but I mean, it's just something to consider because this team has already found a way to win against MVP Rodgers. So just, just saying, I know that they, obviously the Green Bay Packers are going to come prepared to go against that game plan that they used previously, but it's just something to keep aware that they have actually beaten this team before, just so you know. So like they, they can tweak that game plan and be like, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And we can do this again and get to Rodgers again. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I really think that this, my prediction from previously before the playoffs, the Bills Bucks Super Bowl is still very much alive. And I don't, I, I think that they, you should at least give Brady a, a chance in this game instead of saying that it's like, not I know it's your opinion, but like if it's not like winnable at all, like I think that the Brady has a really strong chance here. Not that I don't think the Packers are going to win because I think they are by like a little bit, but um, yeah, don't count Brady out at all. Yeah, I, I'm com- almost with Matt here. I do think that, that you know, you can never say this is a no-brainer, in my opinion, because it is Brady. You And Brady in the playoffs has been so successful. I just don't – I just cannot just, justify saying that he's going to for sure lose. That being said, I do think the Packers are going to win this game. Even with the – even though the Bucks had a great defensive performance last week, and they did against the Packers in the regular season – I think I, I still think the Packers are even better now than they were then, even though they looked unstoppable early on. I think they, this team has gotten better and better as years gone on. And correct me if I'm wrong, did they? I don't believe they had Devontae Adams in that game, did they? Uh, you're right. I don't think they did actually. I don't because think they did. That's, yeah, I don't remember what it was. But that's huge. And if they get him back, I don't think any. I don't think anyone on the anyone the Bucks secondary can contain him one on one. I pretty much no receiver in the NFL can or the corner, I should say. And uh, and I, I, I fully do not expect them to have a, um, that same defensive performance last week. I don't think they're capable of that against the Packers offense. It's just firing on all cylinders. And I think that'll be enough to get the victory. I'm going to say Packers win it by pro- probably like a touchdown to 10-point difference. Max, I just fact-checked you. Devontae Adams did play in this game, actually. Six for 61. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, I... Uh, he was hurt a little bit before, and then I think a little after was the deal. He was in this game, 6-for-61. But besides all of that, Devontae Adams obviously is the factor for the Packers, and I'm just going to double down. I'm just doubling down with it, and I'm going to say that not only are the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl, that we're going to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin – outperformed Devontae Adams in this game. And I'm just attributing that to that Buccaneers defense and also to the fact that Tom Brady in the playoffs is unstoppable. It's the bottom line. He's unstoppable and he is able to find a way to get it done no matter the age. And he's on a mission. He's on a mission to win the Super Bowl with another team. And this is the time. This is the moment where it's two of the greatest at the position, head-to-head, who's going to come on top. And I think that Tom Brady has understood that, and he knows 
His legacy is freaking secured, but he's never satisfied. And because of that, because of that killer mentality that Tom Brady has, I really do. I believe that the Buccaneers will hand it to the Packs in this game. I'm way more confident in this game, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, than in the Chiefs-Bills game. I think Tom Brady finds a way to get it done. Dude, hasn't he been in like, like I think it's like 14 or 15. Yeah, 14 conference championship games. Like, that's crazy because, like, it's almost an entire season. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's just Tom Brady never ceases to amaze me now. I used to just hate his guts when he was playing in New England. But um, so being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but it's just crazy to see all this now. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the Packers are going to win. But, again, you can never count on Tom Brady. And the way this team's been playing is is positively trending. I think it definitely could be a competitive game. I personally just think the Packers are too good and they're going to overcome whatever push that the Buccaneers give. Um, and that's, I don't think Tom Brady's necessarily going to have a bad game either. It's just going to be too much. I think for that Packers offense, uh, you know, they're going to put up too many points for the Buccaneers to really outscore. I think this could be a really high scoring game, depending on how that defense is play. Um, could be low scoring as well. Who knows? I, I, it's going to be a really interesting game either way. Oh, um, I guess with that being said, uh, next game we have is the Bills and the Chiefs. That's games also happening tomorrow at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, currently, the Chiefs are favored at negative three. And I'm going with the Bills in this one. You know, as good as the Chiefs can be, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to compete against the Bills. I think the Bills defense is going to put some, some slowdown to the Chiefs offense. Um, obviously, Mahomes is playing, which is huge for the Chiefs, right? That's going to make this game so close. Uh, I think if Mahomes is out for this game, I think the Bills win it pretty handily. But uh, with Mahomes being in, it's going to be such a close game. But I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, I just think, again, I think the Bills' defense is, is going to be somewhat contain the Chiefs' offense, not necessarily stop them. Uh, you know, I think what's likely to happen, I think it's especially defensively for the Bills, they're going to try and probably game plan Tyreek Hill. Don't let him beat you over the top. Um, you know, have Poyer and Hyde really try and cover over the top, but then you're going to leave room for probably Travis Kelsey underneath, and he's going to probably have a fantastic game. Um, that's what I imagine is probably going to happen. You know, Again, Bills are going to emphasize don't get beat over the top. Keep them in front of you. So, um, And then I think offensively, I think that especially the Chiefs defense is how weak they've sort of been this year. Um, I think that Bills passing offense is going to have a fantastic game, and I think they're probably going to be able to outscore the Chiefs uh, in this game in particular. Just because how good their passing offense is, a and then b, I think if the Bills can game plan with their with their defensive uh, roster, I think if they can game plan the Chiefs, I think they can contain them. not not stop them, but contain them enough for them to come out with the victory. So I'm going to go with the Bills here. Obviously, they're plus three favors, so uh, don't take that spread. In my opinion, uh, I think it's if the Bills lose, it's going to either way, it's going to be a really close game. But I think the Bills have a slight edge in this game. Matt, yeah, uh, touching on the. Buffalo defense real quick. Uh, I believe Matt Milano, their linebacker, is going to be playing in this game. Um, I know that they – I think he had – I think he missed um, a couple games beforehand, obviously, which were – like during the regular season. Um, uh, he missed all three of Buffalo's losses. I know that for sure. And the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs were both teams that he missed those games against, and they rushed for 200 yards against the Bills defense. So I think having him back – is going to be super, super important for this defense. But I think this game is going to come down to, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the red zone offenses of both teams because we might get a big play here and there from both teams, I think. You know, like a Tyreek Hill, like 50-yard um, you know, score, like a, a Stefan Diggs 60-yard score, etc. 
But at the end of the day, it's not going to be happening the entire game. You know, there's going to be times when they're going to be dinking and dunking, dinking and dunking down the field. They're going to get down to the red zone. It's going to be like, okay, what are you going to do for me? Is this Buffalo Bills defense going to break or is this Kansas City offense not going to be able to punch it in? Because the red zone offense of the Kansas City Chiefs has been questionable at times this season. Um, They've had times where they get like their big play potential is still there. And it's still like what they've been scoring a bunch in. But if you actually look at the numbers of their red zone offense itself, they don't do too well when they're when they're trying to score from that short of a field. They just have too many miscues. And I think that if the Buffalo Bills off defense can keep them contained and keep brackets on top of them, make sure that they don't actually beat them outside. I think there's a very good chance that this Buffalo or this sorry, this Chiefs offense is going to really struggle. You know, especially with Patrick Mahomes concussion not co- not concussion whichever you can make of it um you know with not getting as much practice in i don't know if that has anything to do with it so um yeah like i, I really like that's like the match i'm looking for right now is that red zone offense between the buffalo bills defense and the kansas city chiefs offense you know when i watched last week's game and the big question coming in was you know were the chiefs actually cooling down from in december or did they kind of just you know coast along and in the first half of that game last week, it seemed like it was the same old Chiefs we had known and loved. You know, like a team that was outplaying the opposition, opposition that was just better. But you know, once Mahomes went down, the whole dynamic of the game suddenly just changed. You know, even though it, it it didn't seem like the Browns were catching on immediately, just him out of the game just changed everything. But I think when he, he's in the game, that makes a huge difference. And one thing the Chiefs do that I think they're better with the Bills at the coaching, obviously. It, you know, especially when it matters, playing to their strengths and playing situational football. You know, I, I talked about on Wednesday, that fourth down call that they that they um, drew up at the very end of that game, you know, only the Chiefs could make that happen. And, you know, when they have to do it, they make it happen. And they have not done enough for me to not trust them. So I personally am still going to go with the Chiefs. You know, if Mahomes were out, I think it'd be a different story. But with him in the game, him, Andy Reid, that whole team, I still trust them. Yeah, they've still struggled a little bit. Not not enough for me to bet against them. I do think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, my my predictions are kind of boring. One seed versus one seed. But yeah, I think that's what's going to be a rematch of Super Bowl one. I completely agree, Max. It's If Mahomes wasn't in the game, obviously, completely different story. That doesn't even need to be said. It's just... Mahomes is in the game. He's a different talent. The man is built differently. That's just what it comes down to for me. I'm watching him week in, week out, and he just does things at such a higher level than everyone else. He's so freaking gifted. I'm ready for him to show up, concuss, toe injury, whatever the hell it is, that him and Andy Reid get this done. I'm way more nervous in this game. Like I said, it's just – You know, Matt has pointed out how McDermott is a defensive coach. The Bills defense hasn't really shown up to the greatest level. Have they been saving it right now for this game, the most important game of the year? Who the hell knows? But I'm thinking that it's going to be GOAT versus future GOAT. Tom Brady versus Patrick (laughs) Mahomes in this Super Bowl. This is what I want. This is probably what America wants if we were able to do a polling of this. Let's see them battle it out, old versus youth. I'm so freaking excited for tomorrow's games. Best games on the slate of the entire season, hands freaking down. It only could have been a touch better for me if Lamar was against the Chiefs. But the bottom line is 
the Bills were the better team and they deserve to be there. And because of that, they're a better matchup for the Chiefs. Let's see what the hell happens. This is this is Michael Jordan's flu game. And you know what's super exciting is you know either way, either Super Bowl, you're getting old versus young quarterback. You know, in the AFC you have the young quarterback, in the NFC you've got the old guys, Brady and Rogers. So you, you look at it that way, that's super exciting for this year's Super Bowl. It definitely is. And this is, in a way, Patrick Mahomes flu game. You're right, Matt. Max, I was going to say that, like, no matter what the matchup is here, like, there's exciting storylines, no matter really what happens. You have Mahomes versus Rodgers. You have Mahomes versus Brady. You have the Bills versus Brady. So I think, you know, there's there's a lot of good matchups here. Probably the least interesting one is probably Bills-Packers, but that's what I predicted in terms of, like, Josh Allen versus Rodgers. But, again, a lot of good storylines here. So uh, and they're both going to be pretty good games. A lot of good, you know, all teams are really good. Uh, so it's going to be a really interesting weekend of football. Um, with that being said, uh, that generally wraps up our podcast. You guys have any last comments? Yes, I'm. I didn't think I said this last time, but I'm so happy that we didn't jinx the Buccaneers in the game <laughs> against the Saints because my God, I was so, I was so worried that we jinxed them again. But um, I, know, I think we'll pick Packers this week, so hopefully we didn't jinx them again. But we'll see. Buccaneers, Matt. Alex, Buccaneers. Buccaneers eh? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, but he picked Buccaneers by a lot, so we'll see. Buccaneers by four. Buccaneers by four. Okay, we'll see. Thirty-one twenty-seven. Hold me to it. I will. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, with that being said, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to leave them at my email at nicholashorvetteniahu.com. If you guys have any interest in working or writing for the Sport Universe, uh, feel free to contact us at the Sport Universe twenty nineteen at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, again, thank you guys for listening. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Conference championships here. Super Bowl is right around the corner. Uh, you know, again, see you guys next week when we uh, start talking about what happens in the conference games and then we'll be on to predicting the Super Bowl. Uh, see you guys then. Yep, see ya.